Hi everyone, and welcome to Mind Flow with Joe. I'm your host, Josie Libero, and I'm so excited to be starting this podcast. My first guest is a beautiful human and a dear friend of mine, Grace Hagman. In this episode, we do a deep dive into the messiness of sex. We talk about why it's so hard to ask for what you want as a woman and the pressures of being female. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy Female Sexuality and Pleasure with Grace Hagman. So hi everybody or anyone who will see this eventually. I'm here today with Grace and we're going to talk about female sexuality and pleasure. Um, before we start, I just want to point out Josie's fantastic haircut because it's so fucking cute. I spontaneously cut my hair and I only regret it a little bit, <laughs> but it's fine. So I just wanted to create this space where basically anytime I have a topic that I really want to talk about, I can like bring one of my amazing friends on and talk about these really important issues. Um, I think that female sexuality and female pleasure is like not talked about enough in the world and so I decided to bring Grace on because we always have really good conversations about sex. She's one of the few people who like will talk about sex with me and like (laughs) is like okay with any questions so I wanted to bring her on. So can you introduce yourself to everyone? I'm Grace. Um, my pronouns are she, they. Um, I'm queer. I'm an ecologist. Um, I work in conservation. Um, and I've known Josie for like three years now almost. Three years. She's wild. That's so funny. Um, we met because we (laughs) we have a mutual friend. Um, one of my best friends is Jess, one of her best friends is Jess, and then she kept bringing us around each other, and then we are like, okay, now, <laughs> now we love each other, too. Ugh. So that is how Grace and I met. Um, okay, so yes, let's I'm... Let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. I'm using my laptop because I have <laughs> notes, and I want to make sure I hit on all the things that are important. Okay, so to start... Um, What were some of the first messages about pleasure and sexuality that you can remember learning? I think a lot of it was that, like, the pleasure isn't supposed to be mine, which Mm. I think was, like, really weird, and that, like, I'm not supposed to want it, which was, like, I think, like, essentially, like, very much drilled in my head from, like, a very young age, and, like, a lot of it was, like, from my dad being like oh like all men are pigs or like a lot of like my first like partners were like oh well like I want to do this and that's what matters or like you should do this for me and it was never like at all focused on me that's like really interesting you said that about your dad because like I personally remember like when I was growing up something I used to always hear was the difference between like like horniness of like a guy and a girl is that for a guy it's like shooting a bullet and for a girl it's like throwing a bullet like basically meaning that like women have like a very low sex drive and men have a very high sex drive and which is bullshit first of all (laughs) which is not true and like it's not fair and I just remember growing up like anytime I like did have like sexual desire I was like that's weird that's wrong that's also masculine and like And then I didn't want to be masculine, so therefore I didn't want to, like, have pleasure, which is such, like, a weird thing for, like, 
a child to feel like someone who is young and like developing like we should be allowed to feel however we want to feel but that is not the case so you mentioned specifically your dad gave you some of those messaging but can you remember anybody else in your life whether it was like other family members or friends or in the media that gave you some messages about pleasure or just sexuality in general i do you do you ever read like um not so cosmo when you were like definitely way too young to be reading (laughs) cosmo i just like remember like it was like all of the i was way too young to be reading cosmo first of all i was like 12 Um, and all of the articles were like how to please your man like Mm -hmm. how to make him like happy and it was just like all and it was just like over and over and over again it was like what i'm supposed to be doing and like what i should do for other people yeah that was like one big thing no that's like very valid i feel like i also remember like it being drilled into my head that like like women are supposed to be givers in like in all ways like women are supposed to give sexually women are supposed to give as in like be very nurturing and like loving to everybody what did alexa say it's so frustrating that these messages are being told to kids before they even understand what sex sex sexuality is i agree and it's like it's really rough too because i feel like in like the heterosexual term like a female gives someone their virginity but a man takes it and it's like even if you're living like even if you're both losing your virginity like I didn't, like, I'm not taking it from you. Like, I am losing something, which is, like, the biggest piece of bullshit, like, I ever learned. That's really true. The virginity myth is, like, a big thing that I actually only really learned about that in uh, my Knowledge and Power class, which is a class that everybody who is in, like, the Douglas Women's College has to take. Um, And basically, like, we talked about how, like, virginity isn't like a real thing like they used to determine virginity by like if your hymen was broken which is like this like little like fleshy piece of skin inside of you somewhere and like (laughs) it breaks easily it breaks like even if you don't have sex like it breaks like if you ride a horse or if you like do gymnastics or like if you're exercise vigorously literally (laughs) literally anything sometimes it just breaks if you wear tampons it breaks a lot so, in that way, you can't actually check if somebody is, like, a virgin using that method. It's also extremely, um, not homophobic, but, like, it's, like, in the, like, view of, like, heterosexuality because, like, yeah. it totally, like, erases queerness, which is, That's like, correct. very uncomfortable and, like, it made, like, especially, like, being, like, a queer person who, like, isn't, like, fully out, like, you like... It, like, makes, like, that part of your identity, yeah. like, so invalid. Can, um, can you, like, uh, explain that a little further? So, like, for a lot of people, like, queer is, like, a general term. So, like, do you mean, like, queer, like, gay? Like, queer, like, like, you know what I mean? So, I... If you don't mind telling That's me. totally fine. Um, I'm not attracted to anyone. Like, I don't think I'm pansexual, but I'm attracted to people both in my gender and, like, outside of my gender. So, like, I've dated people who have been, like, non-binary and then... I've been involved with girls before, but, like, I don't feel comfortable enough about myself being, like, oh, I'm bi or, like, I'm pan, so I just use yeah. queer because it, like, yeah. it just makes me feel more comfy in the word. I love that. I like that you're able to just, like, I don't know, just, like, own who you are and, like, just say, I don't know, just, like, whatever you define it as, like, is that, but I just um, wanted to clarify for, like, some people who don't really know. Because okay, I know. Okay, what Alexis said. It's heteronormative, 100%. Yes. yes. Um, 
Thank you, Alexa. But one thing about, like, my, like, definition of queer is that, like, I understand that, like, labels and, like, being, like, demisexual or pansexual, like, brings, like, confidence and, like, um, like, comfort to a lot of people, but, like, I just don't think it does for me. That's completely valid. And I, like, know a lot of people who feel similarly, like, I don't know. It just really depends on who you are. But I like what you said, going back to the Virginia thing, about how, like, (laughs) if if you, if Virginia is only discussed as, like, a man putting his penis inside a woman's vagina, then in that way, anyone who is gay or lesbian or (laughs) whatever, there's so many more things that we can get into, but, but basically it's just very heteronormative. Like, it's saying that if, if a penis doesn't enter a vagina, then, like, it isn't sex, and, like, you aren't losing your virginity, and, like, that erases so many experiences of people who, like, don't ever do that, but they are having sex. Yes. (laughs) You said I'm mad. I am mad. That's completely valid. Thank you for going on that little tangent with me. Always. Going back to our questions for a second, though. Um, Was sex ever taught at your school? Like, what kind of things did they teach, like, surrounding the idea of sex at school? So, I was super lucky. Um, My school had a really... It wasn't a great sex education program, but, like, I know compared to a lot of other people, like, my school had, like, a very progressive sex education program. Um, We talked about, like, it wasn't... Pleasure was not in our curriculum, Mm -hmm. but, like, my sex ed teacher talked about it. My sex ed teacher talked about, like, queer sex, gay sex. Um, Wow. Yeah, and it was, like, really great. That's so interesting. But I know, like, outside of, like, my health teacher and outside of my school, Maryland sex education, like, isn't great, and I know a lot of other people didn't get that experience, but I was, like, like, it definitely could have been better, but, like, my school was, like, very good about teaching things, like, not abstinence only, like, different, like, things like that. Um... I had a very different experience. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say that they didn't talk about sex at all, but, like, they definitely used a fear tactic. So, like, I remember, like, talking about, like, STDs and, like, other, like, all just, like, sexually transmitted diseases. And I just remember, like, they literally just showed us a bunch of pictures of, like, messed up genitalia. And it was, like, you shouldn't have sex because, like, this will happen. And I was, like, okay, I'm scared. Um... (laughs) Which is, like, literally, like, for mean girls, like... Don't don't have sex, you'll get pregnant and die. Yes, and, like, it it was very stereotypical. So I had ovarian cysts when I was growing up, like, horribly, and I went to the gynecologist, and literally the, like, first thing she did was, like, she was, like, are you sexually active? And I was, like, no. And (laughs) then she showed me, like, 30 pictures of, like, vaginas with STDs and was, like, don't have sex. And I was, like... You're a gynecologist. What are you doing? Wait, that's really interesting because I've actually only ever had like positive experiences with gynecologists, but I had a friend who also went to a gynecologist and she was getting um she was getting a bunch of UTIs, like she was getting mm-hmm. chronic UTIs and um basically uh the gynecologist that she went to like shamed her for having sex. She had only had sex with one person and her gynecologist was like you shouldn't be having sex, like, if you, what she said to her was, you shouldn't be having sex if you don't understand how to take care of yourself, basically implying that, like, maybe she was getting her UTIs because she wasn't peeing after sex, which is a thing you should do, definitely do that, but, like, she was doing that, she just, like, has a condition where she gets chronic UTIs, so instead of, like, treating her for that and, like, taking care of her and, like, listening to her, they just, like, made her feel really 
badly about herself because she had sex with one person, like, one time. Which, even if she had sex with, like, 20 people, regardless, like, your gynecologist isn't supposed to Your gynecologist is supposed to make you feel safe about, like, your, like, sexual experience and, like, health. It's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. This is an interesting question. Okay. What does it mean to be a woman who owns her sexuality? Okay, so as you know, I think this has changed for me a lot as I've gotten older. Um, wait, let me read the question more time. Who owns her sexuality? So when I was younger, um, I was sexually assaulted and like, it's something like I've gotten a lot of therapy for, but when I was younger, I didn't. And so for me then in order to like feel comfortable in my sexuality, like I had sex a lot and it was something that I tried to like take back from someone and have ownership over myself. And I don't think it was the healthiest, but I think that it's a thing a lot of people do. Yes. Um, and I think as I got older, I stopped doing it for that reason. And it was something that I more was like, oh, this is like something I enjoy and like something that I do. And it was something that I'm very comfortable with. Like, you've known I've always been comfortable about talking like, yes, (laughs) about like my sexuality. And like, I'm very honest with my partner. I'm very honest with my partners too, about like who I'm seeing and like everything like that. But as I've gotten older and I've started to address a lot more of my, like inner trauma and stuff like that I found that there's other ways to like own your sexuality and like for me that just has like adapted to like not having sex with people for a little bit until like I feel like I can get more out of it than giving myself to someone and like owning my own body I love that (laughs) as you know because we've talked about this a billion times but like I I just think that it's really strong to like say like hey, I know I was doing this because I was feeling something or I was trying to, what's it called, like, mitigate pain, essentially, and now you're like, okay, that doesn't actually make me happy, and I feel like that is the embodiment of, like, being sexually empowered because, like, you're making those choices. Like, if you want to have sex, like, you're going to have sex, but you don't want to do that right now. That doesn't feel good to you, so you're not doing it, and, like, I love that. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, And that's, like, also what... I think the embodiment of, like, female sexual empowerment is, like, I think it's, like, I think people should be able to have sex and, like, do whatever they want, and I want people to be doing it because they want to, not because of, like, what you're saying, like, I do think that it's really easy to use sex as a way to mitigate pain or, like, to avoid things that you're feeling, and, like, I have had a lot of friends who tell me like after one night stands or after like hooking up with a guy that they like really didn't like they like feel shitty and they feel worse and like to me that isn't like sexual empowerment like to me like it's when like you when you want to do it and like you do it and like that's it sounds so simple (laughs) but like that's like what I think like it's like and it's hard too because if you like have a pattern of yeah having not sex for the wrong reasons because like to mitigate pain is like a good reason but I think that there are better ways to do it like you get in this habit of like trying to find like self-worth and like mm-hmm. happiness through sex and then like when you have it and you feel empty at the end like you just like want to do it more and it just like gets into this like deeper circle where like yeah. your body is not your own even though you're like consenting and like having sex yeah. with people so similarly like kind of on like <laughs> the same track I'm jumping around questions now because it kind of goes more along with this but like do you think that sex and love are, like, interconnected? Like, do they have to be connected? In your opinion. So, yes, but not in, like, the conventional sense. I think that sex and love have to be connected for yourself. And, like, I... 
even if you do not love yourself and you have sex, I think you're going to have a lesser experience because, like, you can have sex with someone you don't love and still have, like, a very good, like, sexual experience and, like, feel yeah. pleasure and, like, have a good thing at the end of it if, like, you love yourself and you feel good about yourself and you're doing this for you. Yeah. But I think that even if you love someone else and you don't love yourself, it is very hard to feel pleasure during sex. Like, regardless of whether, like, the physical pleasure, like, you, like I just can't do it. So I think that there is a connection, but not, like, yeah. loving your partner. I think it's more so loving yourself, which is something that was very hard for me to figure out, and it took literally 20 years. That's completely valid. I, like, I think I maybe think more conservatively about mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm somebody who, like... I don't know, I don't think that I could, like, just in general, in all things, it doesn't have to be, like, penis and vagina sex, like, all things, like, kissing somebody, doing anything, like, sexual, like, I've never really been able to do anything like that with somebody that I didn't love, Mm -hmm. which is, like, that is, like, not the norm, like, that, you know what I mean, like, that isn't, what, no, say what you're gonna say. I think it's, like, I know that it's, like, a societal norm, but, like, it's, like, totally normal. Wow. It's just, that's, like, so normal, even if, like, if that's not presented in media, like, that doesn't yeah. mean it's not normal. It's so interesting, because, like, just thinking back on, like, messaging and, like, all that, like, the reason I say, like, that's not the norm is because, like, that's never what I have been told is the norm, like, just even, like, from friends, like, family, like, I have been told, like, it is weird to, like, ha- have, like, such emotional connection to people that you're intimate with, even if, like... I don't know, just in general. Like, it doesn't always have to be like that, but for me, it always has to be like that. And, like, I think back, and I'm like, was I in love with every person I've ever kissed? No, but, like, I had care or, like, love for them. You know what I mean? Like, there was some connection. Like, I can't, like, find someone randomly. Like, I meet someone in a bar or something and, like, take them home. Like, that will never be me just because, like, I I can't do it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It goes, like, against my... I don't know, ability to do so. I just can't do anything like that, but it's just interesting. Okay. Um, so that kind of go. I have... Actually, no, yeah, I'm going to ask you. Um, <laughs> so how do you feel when you have sex with someone that you don't love? Like, does that change anything for you? I think it definitely does. And so I have like had multiple partner not like at one time but also at one time but like I have talked to several people at one time and like had several yeah. partners at one time and I think I always feel I feel less obligated to have sex for someone else when I like them and like yeah. not love them but like when I do like feel a connection towards them like I just feel better about it unless like it is something that like I'm obligated to do and I think that took a really long time for me to learn yeah but uh, what was the question again my brain got dumb no it's okay I feel like um I don't remember either uh how do you feel when you have sex with someone that you don't love so there's definitely been times where like my brain did the same thing I'm sorry (laughs) when it's been like great and like when it's like with one person like for one time and it is like a one night stand and it's just like purely fun and like yeah just like pleasurable like Mm -hmm. it's absolutely amazing and like I do find like a lot of pleasure in that but I think when it becomes something where it's like repetitive and it's like you make pretend love or you make pretend Mm. feelings for someone and you're like Mm. in this routine with someone who you don't have feelings for but it's like oh but I'm gonna see you every other day and have sex with you I think that's when it becomes like really detrimental for me 
But I think it's, like, possible to have, like, pleasurable experiences with people that I don't love. Cool. Thank you. What about you? Oh, you don't? Um, Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this. I can't. Uh, yeah. (laughs) It does not work in my brain. Um, okay, so we talked a lot about how, like, um, women have to be, like, the givers, like, women's, uh, pleasure and sexuality, like, is just never at the forefront. It's not talked. We don't talk about it. But, on, like, the other hand, do you still feel like in some ways women might have it better in the sense of, like, we're allowed to be affectionate? Like, just the idea that, like, if you and I, like, cuddle in bed or if we, like, we can, like, grab our guy friends and cuddle with them and, like, we're just allowed to do that versus, like, when men want to be affectionate with other men, like, they're not allowed to do that, like, in the world. I've never thought about that before. Really? Which is, like, very interesting because, like... I am very, like, my love language is, like, physical touch, like, platonic, anything, so, like, I'm so affectionate with, like, a lot of my male friends, Yeah. so to me, I was like, oh, all my male friends are, like, platonically affectionate with people, but I guess, like, now thinking about it, like, they're really not, and I'm just platonically affectionate with everyone, so it's, like, normal for me, but I, like, can't, I I feel like that must be sad. Yeah. And it must be lonely. Something that, like, the reason I bring it up, like, something I think about a lot is that, like, I, we know that, like, typically it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, um, which is, like, domestic violence, for those of you who may not know, is, like, any form of intimate partner violence, so whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, anything between, like, you and, um, yourself, anyone, and their partner, or their child, or their grandmother, or their roommate, it doesn't matter, any form of, um, intimate partner violence falls under domestic violence um and the reason I bring that up is because I've noticed a lot of people who are the abusers are the perpetrators tend to be men and a lot of times I feel like especially when it comes to emotional abuse I do feel that men have a problem with like opening up and like having emotional intimacy with people who like aren't their girlfriends and so when you're putting all of your emotional intimacy in to one person it's hard to like share them because like you because you don't have anyone else to talk to again this is not an excuse for like abusive behaviors or anything but I do find this to be a pattern like in the world that a lot of men in my life who have been like emotionally abusive like and, like, my friends who I've seen who have, like, emotionally abusive boyfriends, like, a lot of times, like, I feel like it has to do with, like, they want their girlfriends to be their, like, emotional support person. Because, their therapist. Yeah, their, like, affectionate person, the person that they can, like, be touchy with all the time because they they can't do it with anybody else. Like, again, <laughs> not an excuse, but it's just something I've noticed. And I was wondering if, like, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of just saying. I'm not really wondering anything. (laughs) But I was just wondering if, like, you ever thought about that or, like, if you feel, like, if you feel any sort of, like, what's it called? Like, benefit to being a woman when it comes to, like, being able to get affection. I do. I also feel a lot of benefit because, like, no one that I'm aware of has ever been, like, afraid for me to be like physically affectionate like outwardly and like verbally yeah and like physically but like I think if someone else was like physically affectionate on the same level who was like a man it might be like taken as like creepy or like intimidating which I think is definitely valid because of a lot of experiences people have but also 
repeatedly emulates an idea that, like, men are not allowed to be, like, emotional and affectionate. No, absolutely. Like, that's, like, that's why I bring it up. Like, it, I know that it is, like, really hard. Wait, can you see what that says? <sighs> Therapist slash mom slash girlfriend, all in one. <laughs> yeah. Three Wait, in one, I'm... just like their shampoo. That's funny. That's actually really <laughs> real. Um... <laughs> No, but, like, again, like, it goes back to the idea that, like, men really aren't supposed to be affectionate. Okay, here's a question for you that I just thought of. If you were to, like, date a man, and he, like, was, like, very, I don't know, emotional, because, like, we don't let our men be emotional. Like, let's say he was somebody who cried a lot or was somebody who, like, wanted affection all the time from, like, a lot of people. Like, like basically was you as a guy. Like, was very affectionate with everybody. Would you feel like that's, like, okay? Or would that be, like, off-putting? So you know my type. Yeah. Um, which is not healthy. Um, <laughs> I think that... I don't think it would be off-putting. I also think that, like... So I crave the idea to feel special. Yeah. Which is toxic, and I'm working through it. But, like, if someone can be emotional with me and not yeah. other people, I... Ugh, it makes my heart horny, okay? Um, <laughs> I get this. And I think that, like, the... I think it would, but I don't think it's, like, a healthy or good reason. I think it's just, like, a lot of, like, my inner expectations and trauma has, like, conditioned me to feel this way. That, like, I should be special and people should be able to, like, tell things to me that they can't tell other people. Wow, that, like, hit me <laughs> in a deep way. I think something that, like, I find interesting about, like, being, like, having healthy relationships, whether they're, like, friendships or romantic relationships, is that, like, I'm uncomfortable in, in people, like, in people, like, kind of not thinking of me as special, like, and, like, which, like, that's not great. It's just something that, again, like, trauma, whatever, something that's been ingrained in me is that, like, I... I am supposed to be special. I am supposed to be nurturing mom, therapist, all in one. And if I'm, like, not that for a person, then, like, there's something wrong. I think a lot of it has come from, like, toxic relationships with men who are like, oh, well, you have to be, like, this person that I can tell things to. And I was like, oh, so you're telling me that, like, you like me when I can be this for you? So if <laughs> that's you, what I'm saying. So if you for other people, I'm not special and you don't like me. But that's Ugh. what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the reason that I that I, like, want that so badly is because, like, I don't know, it's because I'm conditioned to, like, it's just so, like, normalized. But that, you know, bringing it full circle, that goes back to, like, the idea that, like, we're givers, like, we're not supposed to receive sexual pleasure, like, we're not supposed to, I don't know, receive or get things that we, like, necessarily want, we're just supposed to be giving them, and, like, that, that's just really hard. Thank you for digressing with me. Uh, always. Okay, um, okay, kind of thinking about queer identity, um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, all of that, how does the stereotype of, like, I, you've heard the stereotype, like, women can kiss women, and it's like, that's fine, like, they're just that's friends, hot. that's hot, but, like, if a man were to kiss a man, like, oh, he's not bisexual, he's gay, like, it doesn't matter if he says he's bisexual, if he, <laughs> if he kisses a man, he's gay. So how do you think that, um, that, like, stereotype, like, affects us, like, affects women? So, I know I kind of, like, framed it about men, but, like, I mean, like, how does that affect women when, like, I don't Um, know, they are? One, 
normalize kissing the homies for girls and men <laughs> and in betweens all of them. Um, <laughs> two, I think money. that a lot, like. So I used to think that a lot of my queer identity was like, oh, like men think it's hot when I kiss women. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to please people. But I think that like a lot of it is just like internalized like homophobia that like you have towards yourself if you think that way. And also I think that a lot of it is like the fetishization of lesbianism. Yes. Because like lesbian sex is okay when it's for the pleasure of a man. Yeah. Like lesbian porn is as a fact, over 80% of lesbian porn is made for male viewers, which is sad. Yeah. Um, that is sad. And I think that it's just a lot of fetishization and uncomfortability with... Uncomfortability? Uncomfort? <laughs> discomfort? With discomfort with the ability of people to be something that you are not. And so people don't understand the fact that, like, you can be gay or bi or yeah anything in between. I, like, remember being in high school and, like, it was such a thing that, like, it was just, like, normal for, like, normal as in, like, what you're saying. Like, it was fetishized. Like, if you were at a party, like, it would be like, yeah, kiss her, that'd be hot. And then people would, like, do it. And then, like, that was just confusing. Like, that was confusing for, like, everybody because it just normalized that, like, it's a joke. It's not real. It's not real. Like, if you kiss a girl, if, if you are a girl and you As kiss a, a girl, young, it's not girl, <laughs> being told that, like, oh, you can kiss a girl, but, like, for me, was so fucked up in my I head. Know. I was like, oh, I, I, I want to kiss you, but there's no man around. What? <laughs> what? If I want to kiss a woman and there's no man around, does it count? <laughs> does it count? Is it gay, then? Is it still cool, then? <laughs> Is it still cool? Is it still hot? <laughs> No, definitely. Thank you for talking about that. Okay, so why is female pleasure important? Because it's great. Because it's great. For a majority of my, like, sexual history, like, my pleasure was not the focus. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, up until college, I never really, like, cared about whether or not I felt good, which I think is, like, very sad and hard. Mm -hmm. But I... For one, notice that I like sex so much more when I feel pleasure. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, and so, one, it benefits other people when I feel pleasure because then I want to do it more. And I'm like, yeah. mm, let me, like, I have yeah. more fun. It's like, ugh. That's what I'm saying. Not to get explicit, but, like, Jesus fuck. Like, it just makes it better for everyone. Yeah. And I think that, like, it makes it, like, not, like, a chore, or it doesn't yeah. make it feel like an obligation or something that I should do, yeah. and more something that I want to do and I can feel ownership over. Um, I think, like, just thinking about, like, heteronormative penis and vagina sex, I say that a lot because one of my, like, favorite gynos, like, I, like, we always get that question, I'm sorry, I'm di- completely digressing, yeah. but we always get that question, like, are you sexually active? And, like, as somebody who, like, didn't have sex for, like, a really long time, I was like what do you mean I was like and I didn't really have a good sex education so I was like I don't know what you mean like like what like what like what what does that mean because like be like being sexually active what they're really asking is like could you have um transmitted or like gotten an STD which you can do if you haven't had penis and vagina sex and like my gyno or whatever like when I asked I was like what do you mean by that she like broke it down for me she was like I mean has like a penis been in your vagina has like this da, da, da. and like she kind of went down the list and like 
I appreciated that because like as like what was I 18 19 whatever it was going to the dyno I was like I don't I don't, I don't know what you like, mean. Like, where is the line? Yeah, where is the line? Like, if I made out with somebody, am I sexually active? Like, can I get a disease? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't, I wasn't sure what she was trying to ask. And, like, I think that's really important that, like, especially with our doctors, that they, like, do, like, break it down for us and, like, talk to us. Because, like, we're not necessarily taught about, like, kissing diseases and, like, whatever. We're, like, we always think about sexually transmitted diseases as, like, full sex. You know, which like that made me completely forget what we were talking about. Me too, honestly, but it's okay. It was a good digression. <laughs> well, it was like, why is female pleasure important? Pleasure? And then you said, uh, I just, because it's because then it's good. And then, but why did uh, I bring up? And the, then I wanted. It makes me want. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Okay, most women. I think it's we can fact check this later, but it's either. Only 13 or 18% of women are able to orgasm from penetration alone. Yeah, from penetration alone, which is, like, super important to know because, like, a lot of people (laughs) think that, like, especially because of porn, people think that, like, women can just have, like, an object, like, stuck inside of them, like, repeatedly and that, like, they will orgasm and, like, that doesn't happen and, like, that's not natural and it's not supposed to work like that. All of our nerves are in, like, our clit, basically, and, like, there's just, like, a full anatomy that we aren't really, like, talking about and that we don't really know about, but, like, basically, like, if you, like, look at the vagina, which the vagina is, like, really, like, more specifically, like, is, like, the birth canal, like, and I know that it's not only the birth canal, but, like, if we're thinking about where most of the pleasure is for a woman, it is, like... You're not going to have nerve endings where you're pushing a child out of. Exactly, because then you would, like, die of pain. (laughs) I mean, it's just logic. But, um, where most of our pleasure senses are, are in our clit and, like, the vulva. So, like, our lips and, like, all that. So that's where the actual pleasure is. And, like, if people don't know that, then, like, they don't know to stimulate those parts of you. And if they don't know that, then, like, you're never going to, like, have pleasure. Wait, can you see what Alexa said? Foreplay oral is important. What did she say? Foreplay slash oral is important. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you, Alexa. Ugh. Um, But, yeah, so... Yeah, so that is why female sexual pleasure is important. And, like, what I was trying to say, really, is that, like, knowledge is power. And so, like, if we know these things, like, if we know the different, like, ways that we can experience pleasure, then, like, then we can actually experience it. So that's important. Okay, um, I think I'm going to ask you one last question. Exciting. Okay, what message would you like to give um, young girls who are trying to navigate their own sexual pleasure? (sighs) That's hard, right? I think one, I think you should go to a therapist. I think everyone should go to a therapist. I think that being able to talk through your feelings with an objective third party is extremely helpful especially for young women who like have a lot of different things coming at them um and two I think you should learn what feels good for you like from you by yourself not only like physically like masturbation but like what do you want someone to emulate that you are like what do you want the people that you're with to emulate because I don't think that you can have a 
uncomfortable, pleasurable experience with someone who you fucking hate. Or who's someone who, like, makes you feel scared or, like, unsafe. Yeah. And I think that a lot of media shows that the only way to be sexually liberated is to have a lot of sex. And I think that that is a perfectly valid way to be sexually liberated, but it's not the only way to be sexually liberated. And I didn't think that that was something I understood as a young child. Not a child, but, like, as a yeah. young woman. And A young girl. You were a girl. I let's was a girl. It, let's say it Let's be real. Um, and I think that not knowing that gave people power over me that, like, took a lot of my ownership over experiences away. I love that. Um, I think I would say... I would say a lot of things. (laughs) It's hard to um, choose and think, but I think, like, the most important thing that I would want a young girl to know about their... about their sexual pleasure would be that... I think, like, what you said about, like, it's not just about having sex. It's about, like, doing what makes you feel good. And I really agree with the idea that, like, you kind of need to, like, learn yourself and, like, know what feels good for you before you can, like, really experience those things with another person. Because, like, if you don't, you're kind of just, like, guessing and, like, you can't really communicate well with them. I would also say, like, you don't have to rush anything. Like, I remember being younger and like people having sex and like I don't know just doing all these things and talking about it and me feeling like oh I need to catch up and like if you want to have sex have sex but if you don't like there isn't a pressure to like you're always gonna have that ability to do it like it's not gonna go away so just like take your time learn yourself and like do what makes you feel good and don't do things just because you think that you need to in order to please somebody else. I think that's it. I think that's all I got to say. I love that. Do you have anything else to add? No. Amazing. Okay. Masturbate. That's the, that's the consensus. <laughs> Lay yourself. Masturbate if you can. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Mind Flow with Joe. If you like what you heard, make sure to click the follow button and the notifications button on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss an episode. Also, remember to follow on Instagram at Pod, so you can let me know what kind of content you would like to hear more of. And lastly, don't forget to recommend a friend. Episodes will be released every other Thursday.